Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we bust open a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do. And we're going to definitely need a drink for this one because this week we are talking Taxes. Taxes 101. Now, I will say, taxes seem scary, but we have an expert we who do. is, she. she's going to break it down like you've never had it broken down before. Yes. If you're intimidated, this is the woman for you. And um, she's the woman for me because I she gave birth to she you. She gave birth to me. <laughs> and this week we have my mother, Connie Klein. On the podcast, who is a enrolled agent accountant who eats, breathes, sleeps, taxes. This woman loves taxes more than anything. Like honestly, truly. <laughs> more than anything. Loves. And she's always like, if you have any questions, just like, you know, anything at all. Because she just, she actually wants to teach people so much. So I think this is going to be It's going to be very informative. Good, if you're yeah. feeling overwhelmed, if you don't want to do your taxes, uh, Connie is going to tell you otherwise and make you feel real good about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about what is a W-2, how to file your taxes, some common misconceptions about taxes, and then answer some listener questions that were sent in from you guys about taxes. And my mom's going to answer them for you. But Natalie, before my mother comes on the podcast. Yes. Let's pour a little glass here. We need some wine to get through the taxes. Yes. Yeah, so today we are drinking the Duck Pond great oregon wine company Mm. uh this is a 2019 chardonnay from willamette oregon and i'm just gonna okay so you can hear aha Ah. and it's a twist off you know we always have to say when it's a twist off we love a twist off well shall we let's take a sip and bring this lady on yes let's do it let's say hello to my mother miss connie klein Hello, Mom. Hi, Connie. Hi. I can't believe you're finally on the podcast. We've been probably since the beginning of this podcast wanting to have you on. I know. I've been wanting to come on. I've been waiting for this day. Well, you're for you 28 are, years. <laughs> you are <laughs> 28 our, years. <laughs> well, it's true. Yes. She's our resident tax expert. Yeah, you really are. Expert with 28 years experience. Yes. And Connie right. told me the other day, I didn't know this, that you actually were doing taxes when the day I was born you were going into labor yes that is correct that's that how is much correct. she loves taxes. I did leave an I did leave an hour early so that I could go have the baby yes <laughs> the baby as in me <laughs> yes as in you and then I went back to work 10 days later because wow. Corinne was born during tax season February 15th yeah literally during later during tax season I cannot contact my mom she's like goes completely rogue she won't answer my phone calls she's so busy and so dedicated and clearly so dedicated that I came with you to the office, I'm assuming 10 days later. You did, actually. (laughs) You did. That is a type of passion we love in an expert. Well, um, we're really excited to have you on, Mom. Taxes is probably one of the most confusing things in the world, and so many people don't understand it, are scared by it, and I think you find such a passion in in explaining it to people and giving people their freedom back. So we have some very, very level one 
questions for you, mom. And please explain in layman terms what these things mean, things that are scary for other people. This is your chance to shine. Yes. Right. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. What's the first question? Okay. So our first question, which is probably, again, level one, what is a W-2? What is it? When do I get it? What do I do with it once it comes? W-2 is what your employer is going to give you. If you're an employee and you're working for a company, it's what they're going to give you. It, it's supposed to come in the mail on February by February 1st. And it's going to show what your income was, what your tax withholdings were, federal tax withheld, state tax withheld, so that you can actually prepare your tax return from that. So a lot of times people confuse that with the W-4 form, which the W-4 form is what you fill out to tell your employer what to withhold so that eventually it ends up on the W-2 form. So do you follow that? So you're saying when I get employed, I fill out a W-4 and then at the end of the year, they'll send me the W-2. That is correct. So then what about 1099? Yes. A 1099 is when you are an independent contractor, when you're not an employee, when you're doing a side job for somebody, or sometimes Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, those kind of people will also get a 1099. It means no taxes have been taken out of your pay. They give you the full amount. If you made $1,000 with Uber, they gave you $1,000. They didn't take any taxes out. And now you are going to be responsible for paying the income tax, the social security tax, Medicare, all those taxes are going to be your responsibility and no responsibility to the people that gave you the 1099. And and the W-9 form is the same thing. It's what you're going to fill out to give to the person who's paying you, Uber or whoever it is. And that's basically just telling them, hey, I'm an independent contractor. Here's my name and address. And here's my social security number or my tax ID number. If you have a corporation or LLC, you would put that in there. And basically it's just telling them, yeah, I'm an independent contractor. So don't withhold any taxes from me. That's what the W-9 is. Okay. That makes so that actually makes sense. Yeah. We have somebody who does, um, like the sound on our, on our podcast. Hello, Orlando. Orlando. And when we hired him, he sent us a W nine. Is that right, mom? That is absolutely correct. There we he go. Did the right thing. Without me having to ask him for it, he went ahead and sent that because he's used to getting paid as an independent contractor. So he knew that we're going to be preparing a 1099 for him at the end of the year, and we're going to send that out to him. So he went ahead, he, he cut out a step for me, which tells me that he knows what he's doing. And you, know? you can see my mom says me because my mom does uh, all of my taxes <laughs> and basically all of my friends' taxes <laughs> and bookkeeping. Yes. Bookkeeping. So I have a quick question about the 1099. If okay. you are somebody that gets a 1099, can you mark somewhere that you want it withheld from the beginning? No. Okay. There's so no you're place always you- responsible with the 1099. So be safe, put stuff away for tax season. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. You want to talk to your tax advisor, basically a rule of thumb. Um, just if someone wants to know, I always get the question like, how much should I set aside? Well, a good rule of thumb would be at least 15% because that's going to cover the social security and Medicare tax. Mm. Um, so that's just a good rule of thumb. Um, it's not enough because you also have to pay income tax on that money. So, you know, talk to, talk to someone who, who's doing your taxes and, you know, know that if you earned $5,000, well, you better withhold some of that money because you got to pay social security, Medicare tax and income tax on that money. You have to be very disciplined when you're a uh, independent contractor because the taxes aren't being taken out. 
Right. And so you really, you can't just be like, oh, I just made $5,000 and now I'm going to go spend $5,000. No, you should be like, I'm going to set aside 25% for the taxes, you know, and, and really how an independent contractor works is they should be, this is the IRS wording. The income tax is a pay as you earn tax. So when you're an employee, they're withholding from you. So you're paying as you earn every paycheck. They're withholding taxes from you. When you're an independent contractor, well, how do you pay as you earn? Well, you pay through estimated tax payments four times throughout the year. So you, you made $5,000. You say, oh, I better go pay my estimated taxes on that. I'm going to go ahead and pay $1,000. I'm going to send it into the IRS. And then, and then at the end of the year, when you go to file your taxes, you've already paid some money in towards that income. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Yes. That, that makes, makes a lot of sense. And yes. it's so weird because I've been paid on a 1099 before, right, so Mom? I have. Yes. And mm-hmm. I yes. I did not know. I know you always tell me to set money. You always tell me to do stuff, but I don't really know why. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I understand why now. Yes. I yeah. know. I wish I could go back in time because <laughs> I was 1099 all through college. And I'm like, I should have figured that out before. But to transition, so let's say somebody gets their W-2 or their 1099. How do they file their taxes? Yeah, like what should they collect? What should they, how should they do it? How do you file your taxes is the question. Yeah, (laughs) if you're a simple uh, person, you know, let's say you're an employee, let's say you're, you know, someone that you went to college with and not married, no kids, and they they have one W-2 from their job. They don't own a house, anything like that. Well, you could, you could go through TurboTax. You could go through H&R Block, uh, something like that online and file it and feel very confident. They're going to ask you the right questions. They're going to prompt you. Definitely you can do that. And also the IRS does offer uh, a free e-file if you earn less than $72,000. Basically what they do is they partner with like H&R Block and all those places and they'll let you file your federal taxes for free, federal tax return for free. Sometimes you'd have to pay extra for the state. For example, here in California might be something like, great, you can file your federal for free, but we're going to charge you $30 to file your California one. That Something is like true. that. that yeah. I file, I do H&R Block because I'm in that position where I, I mm-hmm. you know, have the one thing. And yeah, it's always free federal, but you do pay a little bit for state. Yeah. And that's a good way to do it. That's good if you're a very simple person. That That's a perfectly fine way to do it. I wouldn't suggest for people to really do it on their own because it is very complicated. And sometimes even the simplest form can be kind of complicated. Back in the day when I was your age, yeah, I could do it. There wasn't as much, you know, but nowadays, yeah, definitely either hire somebody, go to H&R Block, go to one of those places, Liberty Tax Place or someplace like that. That's your best bet. It shouldn't cost a lot to file a simple tax return either. So, okay. So let's say you're not a simple person, right? Let's say what, it, what is the- um, Like you. Like me. I'm not simple, right, mom? No, <laughs> you've never been simple. You've never been simple from day one. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You have a lot of good things going on. And um, so if, yeah, and so also- I, I'm not a candidate to do something like H&R Block because I have a corporation and yes. um, all of these other things that are uh, multiple states, multiple and working in different yeah. states, yeah. all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need you, you need to hire a CPA. You need to hire an accountant that can do your taxes. And even then, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be a super expensive 
thing, but you want to make sure that everything is done correctly, especially if you have an LLC or corporation, something like that. You want to make sure that you're in compliance, doing all the right things. What are yeah. the materials that you need to gather to file your taxes? Well, again, we'll, we'll talk about a simple tax return. Um, I'm thinking in my head about Natalie, you know, you, you'd gather your W-2. And the other thing is any interest that you have from any banks, you're going to need that as well. If you have a savings account earning interest, of course, that's taxable income. If you have any stocks or anything. Yeah. yeah. My mom's always so on me with my um, investment accounts too. And she's like, give me the, they give you a form, right? To tell you how yes. much interest you made at yeah. the end of the year. Right. So a bank, a savings account, for example, is going to give you a, a form at the end of the year. If you earned more than $10 in interest, sometimes they don't give you one. If you only earn $7, for example, but you can all, you should always just go look at your savings account. It'll be in there. This is my interest earned for you know, 2019 or whatever year it is. So interest from many banks, if you have any stocks that issued any dividends, again, they'll give you a form, it's 1099 DIV, stands for dividends, they will give you one. Most of the time nowadays though, things are electronic. So you may not, you may have to log in and, and retrieve your own form. But definitely the basics are W-2 form, interest statement, dividend statement from your brokerage account. Those are pretty much the basics. Also for your age group, the student loan interest is deductible. Mm. So if you have a student loan and you're paying on it, any of the interest that you pay is deductible for you. Oh, that's that's a really good fact to know. Good tip. Yes. So, and then why do I always see people with piles and piles of receipts when they go into their accountant's office? Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, you know, some of those are business uh, clients that have businesses. And so, you know, those are my, you know, the shoebox people that throw everything in a shoebox. You know, they're going to get charged a lot more money when I'm doing their taxes because I have to figure a lot of things out. The best thing to do would be add up all your expenses. A lot of, you might also be seeing people with donations, Mm. mortgage interest. That's a lot of paper, you know, that's would be if you itemize deductions. Most of nowadays, people are not going to be itemized. In fact, let's just talk about that for a minute because that's a really big thing. Yeah, let's go through. That's You're talking about the 1040 form, right? I'm talking about the, well, yeah, the whole tax, your your, your tax form is the 1040 form. Okay, for the IRS. I don't know what that is. I don't oh, know what that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So the IRS, uh, the form you're going to file, most people, if you're a resident uh, in the United States, you're going to be filing the form 1040. So mm-hmm. when you hear 1040, that's your tax return. And it even okay. says it on your thing. So, but when you get to that 1040, of course, you're going to, the very first thing you're going to put is your name, address, all that, and your filing status. That's a big thing. Okay. What is that? And how do I know what my filing status is? Right. So single, head of household, married filing joint, and married filing separate. Those are the main categories. What if I'm single um, and the head of my household? That's a good question because a lot of people think that. A oh. lot of people think, hey, I'm head of my household because I just live by myself and I provide <laughs> everything, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> you have to have you have to have a qualifying individual that you're providing for. Uh, so for example, okay. yes, you have to have, so it can be, be like a, a single parent, like a single mom or something. Correct. Single mom, or sometimes you can be your parent. Let's say you're taking care of your parent mm-hmm. and that can qualify you for head of household. So if Corinne is one day taking care of me and I'm just a little old lady living in her back house. Which hint, you, hint. Yeah, no, you've hinted at that for a long time now. I'm, I'm yes, planning on it. Um, and I have no income because I'm just lounging around or I have very, <laughs> or I have very little income. Then Corinne could claim head of household because she has a qualifying, you either have to have a qualifying child or a qualifying relative. So okay. mm-hmm. yeah. 
So that's, that makes you head of household. Now, also the other thing to know is that sometimes people go, oh, hey, Connie, I got married on December 15th. Um, so, but we're going to file single for the whole year. Mm, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever your filing status is on the last day of the year, if you get married on December 31st, well, you're going to file a you know, married filing joint or married filing separate. Mm-hmm. Only two ways you can, can't file single. So it just depends on what your marital status is on December 31st. Why would so, somebody who's married file separately? Like what's the... Yeah, you, it's not really or... a good idea. Usually okay. the only time it really comes into place is when one spouse doesn't trust the other one. Like, oh, they have a, they are running a business. I don't know what they're doing. There's some kind of scandalous thing going on. That's usually the only time. Hardly ever. Tea on people. My mom does have really good stories. (laughs) I I do. I I want to write a book with just a ton of stories about people, but then some people going to jail off that. So, (laughs) but um, no, yeah, you wouldn't really want to file married filing separate. It's not a good thing because some of the tax benefits go away with that filing status. So yeah, you don't want to married couples would just marry together or would file together. together. Yes. Yes. 99.9%. Yes. And uh, so what about going down this 1040 form? What about dependents? Yeah. Dependents. Do you claim yourself as a, de- like, I don't understand dependents. No, dependents are not yourself. You're not considered a dependent of your own self. Mm. So a dependent Even would be like, <laughs> yeah, dependents would be anybody that you're providing more than 50% of their support for. Again, it would be like my child or my mother who's on social security, not providing for herself, not filing taxes on herself, that kind of thing. That's who your dependent is. You are not your own dependent. So then when you are like, let's say you're a parent but your kid is 18, can you no longer claim them? When can you no longer claim a child? Mm. Well, you can claim them um, no matter what income they earn up to age 19. Then if they become a full-time student, you can still claim them up to age 23, right? After age 23, you could still claim them if it depends on what their income is. They wouldn't be a qualifying child at that point. They'd be a qualifying relative. If they earned, I believe it's about $4,200. If they earned less than that, you could claim them. If they earned more than that, you could not. They have to claim themselves. So once you're 23, it depends on what your income is. Okay. Mm. So that's good to know for students, because I think if I recall correctly on H&R Block, it asks, has somebody claimed you? That's right. So if you're a student and you're listening to this, you should, you probably were claimed and you should check with your parents. Right. Always. Yes. Yes. You definitely want to check with your parents. Make sure. Yes. That's why a lot of times I do the parent and the child tax return. That way I know, did they claim them or not claim them? And it really depends a lot on their income. It depends on their school status. Are they a full-time student? Are they part-time? There's a lot of things that factor into that. So yeah. Okay. And what about, I know you kind of started to talk about itemized deductions, but the standard versus an itemized deduction. Yes. It seems that is very one confusing. of the probably the it does, but it's not at all. Oh, but course. a lot of people are very, <laughs> a lot of people are very confused about that. I was really excited to talk about this topic because it's one of the biggest ones that people don't get. Yeah. So the IRS is going to give you for free. I think it's what is it, twelve thousand? Uh, let me see what it is for twenty twenty. Uh, yeah. So for a single person, they're going to give you a standard deduction of 12,400. So that's going to be, let's let's just say somebody has a W-2 form. They earned $50,000 in wages. Mm -hmm. 
and then and nothing else, right? So then we're going to get to deduct twelve thousand four hundred from that fifty thousand dollars now. Okay. And that will be and that will be what they're going to pay tax on. So that's if we took the standard deduction, right? It's what they mm-hmm. give you for free. It's based on your filing status. So a single person gets twelve thousand four hundred. Head of household gets eighteen thousand six hundred and fifty. And married filing joint, we get twenty four thousand eight hundred, which is oh. double the single one. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what they give you for free. You don't have to come in with a receipt. You don't need any charitable donations. You don't need mortgage interest, anything. They give you that. So the thing is, do you take the standard or do you take the itemized? Well, itemized deduction, you're going to take whichever's more. Mm -hmm. So the itemized deduction is comprised of mortgage interest, property tax, donations. That's pretty much it. There's some other things in there too, medical, if it exceeds a certain amount, but let's just stick with those. So in 2018, this, the tax law changed and they increased the standard deductions. They used to be about half of what they are now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people could itemize. Now the standard deductions are so high that, so Corinne, for example, you'll be taking the standard deduction because 12400 you don't have charity or anything like that that's more Thanks, than Thanks, mom. <laughs> or like well, write-offs. I'm just saying. Like business write-offs or anything? No, not, not business write-offs. Oh, that's, that's in a separate a category. Oh, okay. Different, yeah. different category. So this is just basically when you're talking about itemized or standard. So Natalie, you're you're going to take the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of most people are going to. Most people are going to unless take you have a donation or your your that exceeds your mortgage your interest property. to twelve thousand four hundred. Yeah. Okay. okay. But actually, can we? So that's for a standard tax form, right? Like a normal tax form. But Natalie just brought up, which I think we were getting confused with, is our business write-offs because yeah, we both have right. businesses. I always that's thought different. That, that was the itemized deduction. No. Oh. No, well, okay. it, well kind of. You're kind of right, Natalie, a little bit. Because okay. before the tax law, so let's talk about, let's still talk about being an employee for now, okay. right? So you're an employee, you get a W-2, right? Mm-hmm. So Prior to the new tax law that took effect in the 2018 tax year, there used to be something called employee business expense. So again, we'll take the person who earned $50,000 at a job somewhere, right? And they get paid on a W-2 form. They're an employee. But they said, hey, I use my car and I have all these other, I use my phone and I have all kinds of different business expenses as an employee. Mm -hmm. Well, you used to be able to write off a certain portion of that, Mm -hmm. right? 2018 happened. The new tax law took effect and you can no longer write that off. It's called employee business expense. No longer allowed to write that off. So any employees that have any expenses, oh, I work from home and oh, I want to take a little bit of my home office or mm-hmm. gas or no longer can deduct that. Telephone, none of that's deductible anymore as an employee. Oh, okay. As an employee. Right. Now, if you're paid on a 1099 and you're an independent contractor or you have your own business, then that's separate. That's You're going to have income and you're going to have expenses for business mm-hmm. separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's separate when you're an employee and when you're self-employed. Yeah. Two okay. different. That makes sense. So basically that- the thing to remember is this, if you're an employee and you get a W-2 form, you can't write any business expenses off. Don't However, get, I say- Don't try to get crafty. <laughs> that's right. However, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking in my head, that's for the federal government to change their tax law. In California, for example, you could still write it off. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What's a concrete example of that? I'll give you a very easy one. Police officers. Imagine they have uniforms and guns and different things like that. I have several police officers and sheriffs that are my clients. So normally they're used to coming in here with a whole list of expenses. Hey, dry cleaning and uniforms and boots and whatever, right? Nurses and same thing. 
And I would be able to write those off because they're employees. They get a mm-hmm. W-2 form, but I could, used to be able to write those off. Nowadays, I say, great, give me that list. I can't write it off for the federal government because they changed the law, but I can write it off for California. Mm-hmm. So you might want to check with you know, your state or check with your tax preparer. Does your state still allow you to deduct those? So that's what I do. So my nurses, my police officers, people like that, that are employees that have expenses, I still have them give me their information. I just can't write it off with the IRS. I write it off with California only. Okay. So different for state and federal. Wow. Mom. Yes. You really do know so much much. and it's all offhand and it's like very, very clear. (laughs) I'm very proud of you, mom. I gave you a hard time in uh, high school math, but I should have been listening to you. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and so what about tax credits? What do they mean and and which ones can we take? Well, yes, tax credits. Okay, one of the biggest credits is the child tax credit. So that means if you're able to claim a child, like I'll be able to claim your sister who's only 13, right? Mm -hmm. I say that because it's a big deal. If she was 17, so she wouldn't get as big of a deduction. So the child tax credit is going to reduce my income tax by $2,000 per child. Okay, so I'm going to get a $2,000 tax credit. Mm-hmm. If she was 17, as soon as she turns 17, she's only going to be worth 500. So she's going to have to get a job or something to make up for that difference. <laughs> you know? um, she's going to have to start baby. So that's, that's again with the new tax law that took effect in 2018. That's one of the things, $2,000. So it, so a tax credit is going to reduce what you're going to pay in taxes. It's going to give you a credit. Okay. The same, there's, a, there's lots of different credits. There's the earned income credit. There's uh, education credit. If you go to school, if you go to college, there's several different education credits that you can take. So you definitely want to look out for those kind of things. And again, if you're doing a, if you're doing it through H&R Block or TurboTax or something like that, they're going to prompt you. They're going to ask yeah. you things like that. Yeah, so, I, think I remember in college school. them saying, are you a student? Are you a full-time student? Yada, yada. Right. You get the little credit there. And Correct. I think you had mentioned, unless I'm making this up in my head, but is there a credit for if you have purchased a, a home? A first-time home buyer's credit? Yeah. There used to be one back in 2008, I believe it was. But what you're referring to is this. What credit do you get if you buy a house? Like, yeah. how is that beneficial? You hear that all the time, you know? Yeah. And I've told clients before, there's like, what can I do to lower my taxes, right? And there's two things that I, I say to that. One is buy a house, right? But here in California, that's very hard to do. You know, I can't just tell someone go buy a house when this the average house <laughs> median house price is, you know, $500,000 or something, right? So, but we'll get back to that house part. But the other thing that I tell people, the number one thing you can do is contribute to your 401k. That is huge. Again, let's use let's use the person making $50,000 as an employee, right? And they're employers and they have a 401k. And let's say they put $2,000 into that 401k. Here, there's two benefits here. One is now, instead of being taxed on $50,000, they're going to be taxed on $48,000. Even though they earned 50, they put 2,000 in their 401k. And so now they're only going to be taxed on 48,000. That is probably one of the biggest number one ways you can save money on taxes. It's why they have 401ks. You're deferring the tax. You're going to pay tax on that when you take it out when you're old mm. and you don't have other income. Mm. So that's a huge way. Now, and I'm giving you small numbers, but imagine if that $50,000, maybe they put $5,000 in their 401k. Yeah. And not only that, but I, I'm sure, have you ever heard someone say my employer matches? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what that means is, they say, hey, we're going to match up to 2%, 5%, or maybe they have a dollar figure amount of whatever you put in your 401k. So now here I am. 
I earn $50,000. They're going to put, I'm going to put 2000 of my own money in my 401k. And guess what? My employer is going to put $2,000 in my 401k. So now I have $4,000 in my 401k and I've got a tax deduction because I'm only going to be taxed on $48,000 now. Not only that, but my employer gave me some free money for my retirement. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge thing that people miss out on. Is that they say, I asked them, did you contribute to your 401k? Oh, no, I didn't contribute to my 401k. I want to jump over the table and like, <laughs> what is wrong? Especially if their employer is going to match any amount, because then you're just telling your employer, ah, I don't want any of your free money. That's just, mm, yeah, you no, know, stupid. I would love someone to match my 401k. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I would, yeah. And, you know, a 401k is just, it's such a great tool to use, you know, and, and that's what an employee can do to really lower their taxes. Let's say you don't own a house yet, so you can't itemize, you can't do all that. Well, what can you do? Max out that 401k. Smart, you know, smart on so many levels. Yes. Yes. Because not only are you reducing your, your income tax right now, you're saving for your retirement. You're building. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes. So absolutely. at the end of it all, you know, you filed everything, you've done all your deductions and you owe money, you owe taxes, so right. you're not getting refund. What do you do then? Do you mail a check? Do you do credit card? What's the- Yes. Situation? There's several ways you can pay it. Let, let's, if it's a small amount and you go, okay, great. I owe, you know, $200 and I need to go pay it. The best way to do it would be to go right on to the IRS website, irs.gov. They have- Link they make in the it, show notes. <laughs> yeah. They make it very simple simple to make a payment. I mean, literally you put in your, here, here's a little tip though. Don't pay with your credit card. You can, if you want to get the miles, I know Corinne's big on that, <laughs> but they do charge you a fee on that. They charge you like a percent uh. fee or something like that. If you pay with your debit, with your pay with your bank account, routing an account number, there's no fee. No fee. Mm. Okay. So that's okay. So just keep that in mind. I get my points. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do have some people who really love to get the points and they insist on paying with a credit card. But let's say, let's say you owe 2,500 and you say, Hey, Connie, I I don't have that money. What am I going to do? Are they going to come? I get people saying, Oh my gosh, are they going to arrest me? Are they going to? (laughs) I'm always afraid I've messed something up and I will be arrested. (laughs) No, 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 no. But it's very easy. The IRS is going to work with you. You could even go online, irs.gov, and set up a payment plan yourself. Have it directly debited out of your bank account. It's a very simple thing. They usually, you know, in that case where it's $2,500, they'll divide it by, I believe it's 72 months, and they'll say, okay, your minimum is this, you know, $25 or $50 or whatever it is. They're going to work with you. The best thing you can do is to address it head on. The worst thing you can do is be like, I don't have the money. I can't, I can't do it. Actually, that's not the worst thing. The worst thing you can do is this. And and this is a really big point for your listeners. A lot of times people are scared to file their taxes because they're going to owe. They know they're going to owe because they've gotten a 1099 and they haven't put any money aside. And they go, oh God, I don't want to file my taxes because I'm going to owe. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. One of the biggest Mm -hmm. penalties in the tax code is the penalty for failure to file. Wow. It is is a 5% penalty per month up to 25% of the tax. 
So it's a huge penalty. That's if you just say, oh my gosh, I know I'm going to owe, I'm not even going to file. It's better to file and owe than it is to just go screw it. I'm just screwed. I'm not going to file at all. Yeah. And so that is something don't, don't right. Because mm-hmm. let's say it's because you, you got a 1099 and you, and you haven't put any money aside. You know, you're going to owe some money. Just file your taxes, work with them. They have several things that no matter how much you owe, they will work with you. They'll set up a payment plan. Let's say you say I'm unemployed right now. I can't pay any of it. They'll still work with you. They'll put mm-hmm. you in a non-collectible status. They'll, they're going, the worst thing though, is to just ignore them because then after a while you've ignored them for so long, they could come in and garnish your paycheck, garnish your bank account, um, do a lot of things like that, which means they could just take money out. But that's only if you ignore them. And they're going to give you plenty of warnings. They're going to send you plenty of letters, (laughs) a certified letter. They're going to, you know, I get people who come in here with stacks of letters that they're afraid to open. That's a very common thing, believe it or not. They go, here, Connie, can you open these? Because I'm, I'm terrified to open them. Aww, I open them in there, so and then I know, isn't it? I feel bad for them, and then I say, "Don't worry, you're not alone." A lot of people feel the same way, you know. It is scary get an IRS to, get, letter. to get an IRS letter because it I is. Got one it is from um when we got the stimulus check, and it's mm-hmm. like very urgent, like open now. And I thought I'm going to prison. I've done <laughs> yes. something wrong. I didn't know what it was, and then it was like, yes, and it was, it was just verify your address. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Don't be afraid of those IRS letters. Address them head on. Or if you don't know what, if you get one and you're like, what does this mean? Call somebody. I love when people come in and they just bring me their letters and I explain them to them. Sometimes I say, oh, well, yeah, you owe money. Let's figure this out, you know, or mm-hmm. don't be afraid. The IRS will work with you. So will the state of California. If you owe money, don't be afraid, you know, Mm-hmm. File your taxes, owe some money, set up a payment plan with them, and then you could sleep good at night. You don't have to exactly. worry about it, you know? Exactly. And what if you can't – another thing is you can't make this – It's is it April 15th? This We won't know. We don't really oh, know. Oh, yeah. What. It might change. Yeah, April 15th. Yes. April 15th is the tax deadline. What if you can't make that deadline um, – or you can't get your tax incident on time, you can file an extension, but can you explain what that is for people or when that extension goes till? <laughs> Yeah. Well, under normal circumstances, every April 15th, your taxes are due. If you can't file them because you're missing paperwork or you just didn't get around to it or whatever the reason is, doesn't matter. You can file for an automatic extension and you fill out the form, you send it in and you can do it online, I believe with the irs.gov if I'm not mistaken. And it gives you an automatic extension for six months. So that would make it now due October 15th. Some states automatically, California does automatically give you an extension of six months. So you don't need to send anything in for them. Different states are different though. I know like, for example, North Carolina, you have to send in a voucher. Different states will have different so extensions. Just to clarify, but so it would be the state taxes give you an automatic, but not the federal, right? No, both. No. It, when you file the form, it's going to give you an automatic extension. Yes. But okay. when you file the form for the, for the, for the IRS. Okay. okay. But when you, but California, you don't have to file a form. Hmm. Okay. okay. I probably shouldn't even throw the California in there because it might confuse people. But IRS, you should file an extension form to, okay. Uh, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Really quick. I know you get very passionate about this, but okay. uh, what are just some very common misconceptions about taxes that you've seen from your clients that maybe our listeners have, but you have to rapid fire it, mom? <laughs> um. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I have a rapid fire on that. So <laughs> I, would, I would. I guess the biggest one of the biggest ones is the tax brackets. People think like they'll they'll come in and be like I don't want to earn any more extra money because then I'm going to go into the next tax bracket. Well, they don't understand that the tax bracket 
certificates are graduated. You know what I mean? So it's like, so for a single person, they start at 10%. So the first, let's say 9,700 of your income is taxed at 10%. Then you move up to the 12%. So only what's over 9,700 and up to a certain amount is taxed at 12%. So then when you start getting up into the tax brackets, it doesn't make sense to worry about, oh, I'm in a new tax bracket. Because if you go over a little bit, it's only that little bit that goes over is taxed at the new tax bracket. Mm, Does right. that make it's sense? It's not like a huge jump. Yeah. Right, right. And not only that, but I always tell people this when they say, well, I don't want to earn any more money because I'm going to be in a new tax bracket. I mean, that's like me saying to you, <laughs> well, here, Corinne, I'm going to give you $50,000, but you have to pay taxes on it. And you go, oh, no, I don't want that $50,000. <laughs> well, it's not 100% tax. Even if it was 25 or 30% tax, you're still kind coming out ahead. Right. Right. That that's one of the biggest ones. And then the other one that I would say is people think they can write off everything. I had someone who said to me, Hey, I heard that I could write off my watch because I need to know what time it is to go to work. And I went, I mean, you can write off whatever you want, but is it correct? No, it's not right. And if you you get caught, then you're, then you really are screwed then. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense, you know, or people will say my friend's brother's cousin, they did this, they wrote off their watch (laughs) and and I'm just like, Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, you know, everybody's situation is different. You know, a lot of times people come in and say, well, my coworker that I work with, we make the same amount of money. You know, they got a refund and I didn't. Well, they had, they had a lot withheld from their paycheck. They have four kids and a mortgage and you don't. So yeah. everybody's tax situation is different. You know, mm-hmm. can't compare yourself to the person next door. Maybe they have a student loan interest deduction. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they are taking care of their parents. Everybody's situation is different. It can't just be like, I made 50,000, my friend, my coworker made 50,000 and they got a refund and I didn't. It, it's, yeah. it's strictly, you know, it doesn't go by that. If it were that simple, I think everybody wouldn't be so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Really quickly before you have to go, we're going to ask you some questions from our listeners. Listener um, and one of our listeners, and I'm not going to lie, it's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Joe asked. <laughs> Joe hasn't been brought up yet. So he is not. Um, how much should you pay someone to do your taxes? Now you you're really cheap, mom, but how much should you pay someone? I know. I am really cheap because I really love what I do and I'm in it to really just help people. But you know, it depends for a short form, for something simple. I mean, you can kind of compare it to what TurboTax costs if you were buying the federal and the state, you know, somewhere for a short form, let's say you're just a W2 employee with no no other things, you could expect to pay, you know, $75, maybe to $100. Um, and the more complicated your taxes are, of course, the more expensive it's going to be. I would say, you know, for what you need, somewhere in that range would be okay. But again, check out the IRS free file. If you earn less than $72,000, you could file your taxes for free, at least the federal part. Okay, cool. And then another question from a listener that is not Joe. (laughs) Arnold asks, how to have your tax deduct money autopilot? Does that make sense to you? How to have your tax deduct money autopilot. <laughs> Maybe what he's talking about, if, if you owe money, can they do a direct debit? Is that what he means? I don't know. <laughs> There's um, also this emoji mean- with the arms up. So they might oh, okay. understand the question. Auto yeah. Deduction. I mean, I think it means how do, how do they auto deduct the money? Well, you know what? Actually, this gives me a really good chance. I, one of the biggest things I wanted to really tell your listeners is this. 
one of the best tools out there is to go to irs.gov and set up an account with them. It is crazy how much information is on there. Let's say you have multiple jobs and you you lost a W-2 or you didn't get it in the mail. Guess what? You can find the information on IRS if you have an irs.gov account. You owe money to them. You don't know how much do I owe them. I don't know. They didn't send me anything. You'll be able to find it. You're applying for a home loan and you need an IRS transcript of your tax return, which I get called a lot for. You could get it yourself. It is a great tool to have. It's amazing what's in there. So that is definitely, if your listeners take anything away from this podcast, I hope they go to the irs.gov website and they set up an account because that is one of the best tools out there. Really important. homework from Professor Khan. (laughs) Yes, that is definitely that in the show notes. My mom will give me a bunch of links. I will put them in the show notes for anyone that's been trying to follow along. You can just swipe up and it will be there for you. But mom, we're out of time with you. As expected, you talked for too long. I learned a lot. I learned so much. I didn't even get through half the stuff I wanted to talk about. Well, we'll have I to got come, lots more. I know. Well, we'll have to have you back on for a part two. But I will say this was very impressive. This this was a lot. But I, I do think better. this was so helpful for people. And hopefully people aren't scared to file their taxes. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't, don't be scared. They did head on. Having, thank you for coming on the podcast. We will have you back. Bye. We love you. Love you, Con. Love you too. Bye-bye, sweetie. Bye. 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 Well, Natalie, Khan really brought the heat. She really brought that H-E-A-T. She really did. But you know what? I feel much more empowered, yes. which always makes me feel more confident, less anxious. And I honestly love how passionate. She's super passionate. So passionate. And I feel like I am less scared. Yeah. And I hope you guys are too. We hope that you guys feel more confident about doing your taxes, you know, had some of your personal questions answered and feel empowered to file on time. As Con said, don't make that she mistake. would jump over her, <laughs> her, her desk. desk, come get you yes. if you don't file on time. Yes. So again, if you have any questions, hit us up on all platforms at Am I Doing This Right Pod. Gmail, Instagram, and our website. Our website will have some facts broken down for you guys. Yes. And if you want my mom to do a part two, you can you can send us some questions and we can arrange that if, if there are more yes. questions out there. Maybe she's some left. questions that don't have that emoji with the, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, share this with your friends because everybody needs everybody needs help with this kind of stuff. And it, and it helps us grow too, so. Exactly, Natalie. And let's circle back on this wine that we've been drinking. Yes. This Duck Pond. Duck Pond from Oregon. It is a Chardonnay. It's interesting. It's kind of like a greenish color. Yeah. Well, should we introduce our hottie of the week? I'm surprised we've gone this long without having I know. I was just going to say. Hottie. Because he's a – actually, he was people's – Sexiest man alive. In 2020. Yeah, he was. In 2020. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. And we also did it for Khan because she she loves a black man. (laughs) I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Khan loves a black man. And (sighs) we we couldn't do her dirty with a white dude. (laughs) That that would not be on brand for her at all. So, yes, Michael B. J. And – Hottest man. Truly. Sexiest man alive. Sexiest man alive. I don't know if the Chardonnay really mm. stands up to him. The I'm Chardonnay, the Chardonnay doesn't really stand up to. It's it, it, it's okay. It's it's drinkable. It's not bad. It's just like, eh. I'd give it a five. I was gonna give it a four. 
Four and a half. Four and a half. It's tough to be up against Michael B. Jordan. It's a rough, it's a rough week for yeah. sure to be up against Michael B. Yeah. For sure. But you know, not terrible, not great. Eh. Wouldn't recommend it, but if you've got a bottle of it, why not? Yeah, I would drink it. That's the Duck Pond Chardonnay. Okay, so this is the time part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we're playing random trivia. Random trivia. We're basically just going to tell each other. It's fun facts. Fun facts. Honestly, this is my favorite segment. Yeah. I love fun facts. You have a lot in your brain. Do you want to tell me yours? I feel like you're very, you're very, you're a con-level excitement. This is, yeah, I am Connie-level excited about facts. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple options. Okay. Movie trivia or music trivia? <sighs> movie christmas movie or old movie how do you have categories in your head like that um christmas or classic classic here you go here's your classic trivia okay did you know that judy garland's daughter liza minnelli and you know judy garland was dorothy yeah Mm -hmm. i know this married the tin man's son what yes oh that's cute isn't that kind of cute so like but, Dorothy and the Tin Man. But Liza Minnelli had a bunch of husbands, yes, right? Okay. They, they, they divorced and she, <laughs> yes, I think she's married like 15 times. But they were at one point married. And I think that's very fascinating. I think that is very fascinating. What is more fascinating is that you had like files in your head that you could just whip out a fun fact. Oh, I've got all kinds of files up in <laughs> this bitch. Okay, tell me yours. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Panic. Okay. If you run out, I've just got more. I can keep popping them off. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> scrolling to find one. Don't you look at my I'm not phone, looking, though. I'm looking. Did you know that the crown jewels contain the two biggest cut diamonds on earth? I did know that. I was going to say, okay. We saw them. We did see yeah. them. But I don't know if I knew that they were the biggest cut on earth. Yeah. It's huge. It's crazy Yeah, town. we did see them. Okay, well, basically, my fun fact wasn't very fun. Or it a is fact. super fun, and it is a fact. And for people that don't know that, I mean, the only reason I know that is because I'm a jewel. I'm I know. Jewel. I'm self conscious about it. But, anyways, guys, <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode, and Thank we'll you. be back next week with another episode. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.